0: Hello and welcome to Repertory Screenings episode 47. I'm your host, Emma, and with me my regular co-host Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Ahoy hoy. And we're here to talk about some goddamn movies. It's time. I I've had a week off. I <laughs> that's what we call unemployment, a week off. <laughs> And I watched some movies, but uh, Jackson, I'm going to go with you first, because I don't know if there's an answer to this. Have you
1: seen? Oh, you actually, you have seen a movie. <laughs> I've seen a fucking movie this week. Yeah. I've seen the movie Manhunter. One of the all time greats. Directed by Michael Mann, the uh, uh, adaption of um, Red Dragon. <laughs> the the not-so-great book by Tom Harris. Uh, so I watched this movie was like, this is great. This is cinema, baby. This is what it's all about. I should, you know, try the books. Maybe I'll enjoy those, because I enjoy sad cop stuff. Book, immediately terrible. Uh, like, it's really I bad.
0: loved those first three books. Yes, I include Hannibal in this. I was a teenager. I'm allowed. Um, it's not very good. All of them are bad in different ways. I think Red Dragon's probably the best one, is the thing you have to understand.
1: I was watching the movie, and uh, I-, I was imagining, like, this This could I could see how this works in the book. It seems like a straight adaptation. And having read the start of the book, it is pretty straight. It is pretty but- straight. It's They add so much. The movie is about, like, the spaces, the weird houses, the, like, just nightmarishness of the uh, facility that Lecter's in. Um, The burgeoning
0: of, like, technology and police work intersecting.
1: Yes. Like, the sense of, like, it being a movie about modernity destroying itself uh, Mm -hmm. is, like, present in every single, like, decision that they make to how to shoot it. And the weakest part of the movie is when they're, like... (laughs) I can get out of the mind of the real sickers, and that's all that there is in the book.
0: I'm really curious how you're going to feel about that stuff in Hannibal specifically, which is all about Will Graham as like a super empath slash maybe like on the spectrum slash weirdo.
1: It's weird, because I, I like some of, specifically in this movie, the best version of that is the scene with um, Brian Cox as Hannibal. Uh, where they're like taunting each other back and forth and just kind of poking at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one that was the best. Uh, the one it's him like standing go in in the in the bedroom going into like becoming one with the killer. That's a bit dumb. <laughs> I
0: kind of like that stuff. I just have a soft spot for it. Um, yeah. I read these books as a teenager. Like it was, I was, it was like in the lead up to Hannibal the movie coming out. I uh, I didn't I didn't see Manhunter, but I read all the books. Um, and that was uh, a good time. I've read all of them multiple times. The first three, I guess. they He did write like one or two after that, but I was already out by then.
1: I, I think the reason it works worked so much better in the movie is that obviously in the book, all you have is just like him doing the like, you wanted it, my man. <laughs> you, you 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 took your gloves off, didn't you, my man? Yes. <laughs> um, and so it's all of the like plot stuff, but because it's a movie and it's all about like shots and space and image, uh, you what you actually get is this, like, he doesn't it doesn't feel like he's becoming one with the killer he's like becoming one with the house right Mm. he like attunes to the space and the movie is so about these like weird houses that these rich people live in that like invite this destruction from how they can be gazed upon and it cuts back to his own house and he also lives in one of these nightmare future houses on a beach uh and i think all of that stuff is like really potent and good um As to how it like communicates what the movie is about, it's just a great time. Also, you know, incredible performances, uh, amazing, just uh, full on. You know that we all love generic sad cop stuff, and then he like beats up the press guy who won't stop hounding him. Yeah, so uh, it was great. It was this one I should have watched many years ago, and uh, finally did it.
0: I think it's my favorite Michael Mann movie, probably almost certainly.
1: No, no, (laughs) hmm, hmm, hmm
0: it's so good i love it i love it so much like
1: better than collateral
0: i mean i like collateral but i don't have the like adoration for collateral that people have so. i do
1: i fucking love collateral but i i get it
0: they're they're all good they're all i good think movies. my number two would be miami vice probably
1: <laughs> i need to see that it's good I should watch all of the mackerel movies except heat <laughs> Just to keep my <laughs> streak, streak of not watching <laughs> Heat going. That's uh, yeah.
0: fine. The problem is like Heat is one of those that you're gonna just gonna be like, okay, I saw Heat now. Dead to culture in a lot of ways. Like it's fine, um but people people talk it up too much. Yep. But now you get to watch hans of Lambs, which is a it is a good movie with good stuff in it. I think you will in, find stuff to enjoy there. Okay. Um, and then you get to watch Red Dragon, which is, a no- actually, I guess you watch Hannibal first, and then you watch Red Dragon, which is an enormous piece of shit. <laughs> I'm very excited for Red Dragon. Hannibal, no, no, Hannibal is like that. an interesting disaster. I It's not a good movie, but I like it a lot. Red Dragon is a bad movie. There is very little redeeming there. <laughs> I was
1: surprised that this movie begins with Hannibal already captured. I assume Hannibal, like, rising as well. At some point, there's a movie, there has to be a movie about the Will there, Graham Hannibal there case, is right? Not. There is not. There's never a movie about the Will Hannibal, Graham Hannibal Hannibal
0: case? Rising is him as a teenager in Europe.
1: So there's never been a movie about the actual inciting incident of all the Will Graham Hannibal stuff? Well, Guess what, that... what the show Hannibal's about. Okay, yep. but does it does it get there? Because I know they're going to do season four at some point.
0: Yeah, season three ends with the Red Dragon stuff.
1: Okay, so that sick. So finally they did it. <laughs> yes. I should watch that uh, at the end uh, of this journey. It's the best. It's the goddamn best <laughs> I'm curious what I'm gonna feel about it because, like, I've seen clips of like the more like the abstract stuff and the stuff they do with just the, the like the way they visualize the cannibal stuff, and it's so skin crawlingly gross to me. Oh, I um, love
0: it. I thought that stuff was very beautiful.
1: Uh, I get it, yeah, I, this is just me being squeamish, um, but when it's going to be like him, uh, and then um, you know, Matt Milkelson and Lawrence Fishburne just like kind of sniping at each other. Yeah, making, making, it, making
0: it a trio is the thing that like the show really nails, that none of the, like the sources and the adaptations don't do.
1: Well in Manhunter, like, the um, the relationship between Will and Jack is like good, but it's not foregrounded as much as you'd think. Yeah. Uh, I assume you just, like, with more time of a TV show, you can do that.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: well, Um, what did you watch?
0: Okay, I watched uh, Blair Witch 2, sorry, Book of Shadows colon Blair Witch 2, which is the sequel to the Blair Witch Project, Um, which, so... Um, what is it? Artisan? No, hack yeah. Artisan, uh, you know, they, pr- they re- distributed the first one and then the people who made the Blair Witch were like, well, we got to wait until all this dies down before we can even approach the idea of a sequel. Cause everyone's Blair Witched out. Like we did the thing. We, we pulled off a magic trick. You can't just do the magic trick again. And they're like, well, fuck you. We're making another sequel. Uh, so they got a guy who directed documentaries to make a movie about, uh, Make a sequel to The Blair Witch, and he decided to make a movie about, like, media obsession. And so The Blair Witch 2 is, like, a really bad movie. But it's about the town that The Blair Witch movie is about. Like, The Blair Witch project the movie comes out in the world of the blair witch 2 and creates this fervor as all these like gothy tourists in the late 90s descend on this small town in new england um and everyone responds by forming website like web like 90s web websites and selling merchandise um there's jokes about ebay because it's the year 2000 stuff like that um And uh, this one tour group goes and encounters or goes look as part of like a Blair Witch tour project. There are multiple competing Blair Witch tours that are like fighting over the spaces depicted in the movie. Who's going to go there and camp out with their tourists or whatever. Um, And this one maybe stumbles across something. But it's actually a movie about like media obsession and like mass delusion and like what cause like media causing violence in a very like post scream way. And it's not good. But I find it like interesting and like full of ideas um it is a famously like hated movie and i get it it's not very good but it has its charm there's like there is both a like over it goth and a like ridiculous wiccan who has maybe actual magic powers my favorite things of late 90s and early aughts fiction
2: (laughs) it is the most post-columbine movie
0: yeah Yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. It's worth watching if you're curious about, like, that era of horror films, which is kind of a bad era generally, I feel like. Um, this is when I feel like horror films really get bad. Like, Scream happened and no one knew how to deal with it. Um, and, like, this one's at least trying for something. It doesn't. It doesn't succeed, but it's there. <laughs> then we can watch the third one, which I have ne- i don't know anything about. Um, what else? I also watched It's a Beautiful Day. Is that that's called? the Don Hertzfeld movie yeah um no that's not it it's a wonderful day it's a wonderful day that's what it is I watched that this morning (laughs) nice um which is his uh 2012 uh film it's like an amalgamation of is this really what it's called because it's pulling up a Michael Buble song i just want it's such a beautiful day that's what it it's is It's
1: such a beautiful day yes
0: so it's like three short films that were then put together as a single thing about a character named bill who has both some sort of health issue and like debilitating mental issues and his decline as his like world falls away from him so i grew up at a time where rejected hit like when i was in in high school as like an internet thing that everyone was really into um and it was like there wasn't, like, there was web comics, but then there was Rejected, and this was, like, pre-YouTube, and this is pre-social media, so everyone I knew could quote most of Rejected off the top of their head. Like, it was incredibly popular. I cannot emphasize enough how popular Rejected was, uh, but I never watched any of his other stuff, uh, so I watched this. And this is really surprising to me, because this one's just a sad movie about what it means to be, like, neglected by society and your family sucks when you have mental illness, Um that, like... Is about self delusion and hope in like really sad small ways, and it's just a it's just a bummer hour. <laughs> um, it's really well made, but like it's like this is just someone's like personal therapy project. It's it's kind of embarrassing to watch. I felt very voyeuristic, um, and I feel like that's probably the vibe of most of his movies that aren't rejected from the way people talk about him. I just haven't watched any of them.
1: Um, yeah, that sounds about right. I know that there's, like he's a bit of a controversial figure on film Twitter, but I never know what that means. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have no idea, because this is the second thing of his I've watched, and I understand if, like, he has one thing, and it's, like, kind of creepy stick figures that do absurd things, and some people find it very moving, and some people think it's stupid, and, uh, when I was 16, my spoon was too big, is the funniest shit in the world to me. To be fair, oh, the spoon yeah. was pretty big. You know? Too big.
1: Too big, in fact.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, that, that, that was me, I guess, um... Me and Destiny did watch The Last Unicorn, which I had never seen. Um, And that was good. I was looking up the stuff on that, because that movie's weird, because it comes out in 82, and it's a Rankin-Bass production or whatever. Um, But it reeks of, like, 70s pervert animation, just, like, dressed up for kids. (laughs) Like... The, the 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 main human is a magician called Schmendrick, and he meets a tree, <laughs> a big titty tree that tries to, like, grab him and, like, devour him or is, like, lustful for him. But because it's, like, a thing for kids, it's, like, a weird joke about this weird tree coming onto him. But I'm like, I've seen the, like, uh, the um, Don Bluth, ver- uh, not Don Bluth, what's the guy? Um, Ralph Bakshi? Ralph Bakshi version of this, and it's definitely just, like, a horny tree that's, like, super gross. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a tree.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, you found her? <laughs> yes. Um and it has like this really stacked like celebrity cast because it's like a weird period of animation and in a lot of ways it's like a very it's it's got a it's got a soundtrack from the band America and in a lot of ways it is a precursor to what they do with uh, Little Mermaid at the end of the decade Uh, in like the story because she gets turned into a human and she forgets who she was she has to remember that she's a unicorn and stuff like that Um, the interesting thing is one it looks like incredible 70s animation and they hire the the group they work with the animators are all Japanese animators who had worked on a lot of the Rankin-Bass stuff in the 70s and they get picked picked up by a man named Hayao Miyazaki to make his film Nausicaä in the Valley of the Wind a couple years after this.
1: Huh. So that's the lineage to, yes. to Ghibli. Great. Yes. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Which I did not know until looking this stuff up. Um, but makes a lot of the stuff with Nausicaa's, like use of like painted backgrounds that are very not anime make a lot of sense to me. Um, like the way the big Oma bugs and that are like just background elements that move back and forth is very like,
1: rank and bass. In terms of I didn't know there was like a direct line from like The Hobbit to uh uh noscar yeah because that's only like a five six year stretch Mm -hmm. yeah damn damn
0: yeah it was cool um the movie's like kind of long and like meandering or whatever like as a kid i probably would have been bored by half of it and i you know it's what it is but it's fun it's like a really interesting thing and it's weird that i had never seen it it's (laughs) great
2: looking i could just watch it just to live in it yeah But I don't know, I didn't really care for the plot, and it really does meander.
0: Yeah, it really meanders. (laughs) It's a long 84 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Your turn, Destiny. Uh, You and I watched
2: Monkey Business, which is a 1931 Marx Brothers film.
1: Oh, shit! I've seen this one! (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's confusing because there's a 1952-ish Marilyn Monroe movie called Monkey Business. Um, but anyway, it's about the Marx Brothers being stowaways on a ship and just wreaking havoc everywhere they go. And when they get off the ship, they're involved with this plot, with this mobster who's trying to like, I don't know, just a bunch of weird crime hijinks and it ends with a needle in a haystack joke. It's It's very, very frenetic and
0: cute uh yeah the only marx brothers movie i've seen before this is uh duck soup and uh i don't know if i like the marx brothers that much i'll be honest with you it's i don't know i don't know but i love the chaos
2: i don't know what it is like even when i don't get the jokes i'm having a good time
0: Um, um
1: go ahead I appreciate I so I like my dad showed me a bunch of Mark Brothers as a kid, which is kind of an obnoxious thing to do. Um but uh I I, I appreciate them It's like, oh this is the thing, so they watched my kid, the people's talking funny. He goes, you know, and if this is so simple, a four year old could do it. In fact, give me a four year old. Like classic jokes. <laughs> um So I, I don't know how they necessarily hold up, but I I I definitely like them in that like more of a childlike sense than like these yeah. are true maths pieces of cinema. It's weird,
0: because, like I feel like if I came to these younger, I would be super into the Groucho character. My problem is I grew up really liking Bugs Bunny and the TV show MASH and Bugs <laughs> Bunny is a Groucho Marx and Alan Alda in that show does Groucho Marx bits as like the, that's like how he like acts out a lot of times. So I've seen a lot of them like reinterpreted in other media and it makes it weird to where like, I have a hard time just appreciating the real thing is like, Oh, it's like that thing I, I see, i seen seen multiple times other people do. Um, which is not bad, it's just, I don't have, like, the instant love for it that I have for, like, Charlie Chaplin. Like, I fucking love Charlie Chaplin. Um, and I just don't have it for this, and it's weird.
1: I mean, Ch- Chaplin and, like, Buster Keaton are, like, better than the Brothers in basically every single way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fr- also, the problem with this is, like, you know, these are, like, this is, like, a sound movie that's, like, everybody talking all the time. And that's, like, not what I think of when I think of this era of comedy. Um, Partially because Chaplin kept doing silence, like, way l- longer than everyone else. But also, um... Like, this is, this is like under 80 minutes and it feels like it goes on forever. Like, after they get off the boat, I'm like, what are we doing here? We're wasting our time. All the the, <laughs> the movie's over. Um, I should go back to like the earlier stuff that's like, because this one's like the first one that wasn't based on a Broadway show. I should go back to the ones that are shorter, uh, more focused. Like, we're just doing our act for the cameras now. I bet I would like them more. Like, I, I remember liking Duck Soup way more than this one.
2: Oh, Duck Soup's a masterpiece.
0: Um, Wait, is that the one with the
2: extended blackface scene? I don't remember. <laughs> Whichever that? one is, is that movie. Uh, if, if, if it is Duck Soup, I don't think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> but it is. It's really good. Um, that is a
1: day at the races. Ah, oh, thank
2: you. I also watched um, a comfort movie for me. The Shawshank Redemption. Which I've seen so many times, I don't even care if it's good. It just comforts me.
0: Yeah, that's one of those that I watched a bunch as a kid on, like, television. Um, Me too. Me too. And so, like... I have affection for it, but I don't think I'd ever want to watch it again. But also, that's partially because, like, being like growing up on online film culture, it became like the joke of like it's the top-rated IMDb movie after The Dark Knight or whatever, right? Like, it's the it's the movie everyone likes. Um, and also, I read the short story multiple times. And when Just King things get started, I'm very excited because uh, the short story is very good. It's a really good adaptation of the short story. Um, yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. It it still holds
2: up in the sense that, like, you know, I'm, I'm captivated by Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins' friendship, and I really did believe that Andy Dufresne... Whatever. Like, you just get into it, but I don't know. Like, uh, it's probably not a good movie, but it's just one of those... It's like fluffy dessert. I just want to live in its comfort and be, it makes me feel like a child again in a good way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh everyone's great in that i i like clancy brown and like i that's that was my introduction to clancy brown as a person so <laughs> um yeah it's good jackson hasn't seen it
1: so no nope, i've not seen um Shot redemption okay it is not one I have, like, particular interest in, because I've, I've seen all, like, you know, I feel like I understand the movie's place, and I'm like, I bet I would not like it, but I I, I don't know, maybe I would, maybe I would. <laughs> <One of> the, <laughs> As, it was, like, so overplayed and talked about and, like, number one on all the IMDb list forever that I just assume it's bad, but I guess I have no basis for this. Yeah. I it's mean, just
2: a, it's because of that story being so good, I
0: think. Like, you know, Jaws on that list. Jaws is a good movie. Jaws is a great movie. Yeah. You can be both, you can be both popular and good. It happens sometimes. It, it it's happens. not
1: that it's popular. It is that it is like, <sighs> its popularity was always twinged with like a certain sentimentality that I associate with bad movies. Yeah, People talk about that. it.
0: I understand oh, and, I that. I understand Oh, I get that it. vibe. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so it's not to say it is bad, but it is to say it come. it's not just pure, like, I don't know, like the popular thing, contrarianism. There's like a specific thing about its cultural place that like made me wary of it. But I, I, I beyond that, it could be fine. Yep.
0: that's fair i both i both like the movie and still think that it is kind of like treacly and the people's reactions to it are like make it unbearably so like more than it actually is Um, yes yes but i I still just like it uh it's weird it's one of those
2: yeah it's totally one of those i have a handful of those i feel like Mm
0: -hmm. that's it we watched movies those are some movies. We, me, and Jackson also watched the Dynasty Warriors movie that hit Netflix. But you can listen to that on Romance of the two networks in a couple days, probably. D- look, if you're listening to this, I think I think Six wants that to be kind of a surprise. I don't know when that's coming out. So if you're listening to this and you and you're in the Discord, don't post about that episode. Just just let keep that to yourself. That's a secret for listeners of this. That's it. I mean, if it's out already, then you know whatever. Talk about what you yeah,
1: want. Yeah, that was meant to be a surprise drop, but uh bonus bonus
0: it's not like you haven't
1: been posting about it online uh, i mean yeah i have been posting about it but i have not in a way where people thought i was going to do a podcast of course i'm going to watch the dynasty warriors movie it doesn't give anything I don't away think that's a given are you kidding me i try <laughs> it's too fast i would not have watched it otherwise <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> but i don't think everyone else knows that fair enough
0: um okay it's time for the movie uh our movie this week is La- the lawrence lawrence of <laughs> arabia the 1962 british epic film uh directed by david lean uh written by robert bolt and michael wilson based on seven pillars of wisdom by t.e lawrence who's the guy the movie's
1: about uh jackson do you want to briefly summarize this movie Okay, so in the uh, 1600s, the development of the uh, Navy allows Britain to become a massive world power in colonial... uh, 1600s is the wrong time, but whatever. Joke failed. Backing out of this joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, kidding, (laughs) (laughs) this. I appreciated the attempt. I didn't get my dates right for this one. Anyway... uh, T.E. Lawrence is a general, uh, is a member of the army uh, who dies in 1935 in a road accident and it is such a mythic figure that a bunch of people come out of his funeral. And, revolutionizes,
0: like, oh, motorcycle Re- revolutionizes motorcycle
1: helmets. Revolutionizes motorcycle helmets. Because <laughs> let me tell you, this is not a bad crash. He like swerves to avoid some guys um, and then goes off the road and then like goes into like uh, a ditch, which is like grassy. This would, this is why you wear helmets. This would not kill you today. It'd be bad. You know, you could you could fall bad, but uh... it was not the crash I was expecting. Anyway, he dies in this. The uh, the they, the generals talk about him after the funeral, like I knew him, or I couldn't say I was a friend or whatever. And someone else, he's legendary. And some, stuff. he's an exhibitionist, and all these varying sentiments. So we flashback to the First World War, uh, where uh, he is posted um from cairo as like this weird general and they're like we need to do something with him let's send him to arabia uh to fight with prince faisal uh for, for on the like front against the turks in the uh in the first world war and he is going to fight uh to like bring the arab tribes together to fight to free uh their homeland from the uh uh ottoman empire uh Unaware, obviously, that the British and the French have signed the uh, agreement. Uh, what's it called? The, it's got a name. Yeah. Um, Something God. Pikes.
0: Yeah. What is that? <laughs> There's so much Wikipedia to scroll through, unfortunately, for uh,
1: this. Uh, Sykes, Pickup Agreement. Yes. Uh, they've signed that obviously which they will carve up the Ottoman Empire between them because they're not gonna let they're not gonna you know let the Arabs have a nation God this is 1918 you know um and throughout the course of this movie uh fights with them and uh, is when he becomes aware of the like plot to uh uh keep this as a colonial power decides I'm gonna uh take I'm gonna we're gonna take Take Damascus ourselves before you, and we'll set up the uh, this like nation and take control of the facilities such that it will be impossible to recolonialize it without uh, like riots and this the the British kind of like let them fuck up and leave them to their fate and let them all die as they provide no material support for all this technology they don't know how to use. Uh, the alliance falls apart, and Britain come in and empire still rules because it's 1918 at the end of the war and uh lawrence of arabia you know t lawrence goes back home and it's kind of the it's a very plot like movie he does the thing he you know he is a fighter uh in this front of the war and then the war happens it is mostly about him uh finding uh his purpose in this fight being torn between his identity as a british colonial soldier and the violence that that brings and also earnestly caring about the plight of the people that he's fighting with and uh the tension there uh and the that that is like never like resolved. He this is just this is history. History happens. It is not like a movie about solving this conflict. uh It is a movie about exploring it through the four hour on time, and that's kind of the plot.
0: Lawrence wants to know, wants you to know, as about his romantic dream.
1: Lawrence was, and his romantic dream is that through being a soldier, I can end colonialism but only in so far as i know pe- like, he doesn't have the language for this he just knows his he knows the people he has known right his dream is not i want to end colonialism on ideological reasons it is i know the the people of this country and they deserve freedom and if and i can give it to them and i can give it to them because i have become a holy figure because he absolutely buys his own bullshit uh, mm-hmm. and like by the end of the movie is like barely human he goes between extremes that like he's B- goes between bloodlust terror and like british paternalism within like shot to shot at some points yes um, <laughs> just like all the walls breaking down uh, and yeah that's kind of where it goes uh yeah this uh
0: this is one of those movies where like i would always heard about it didn't know anything about it really um T- didn't know it was four hours when i picked it um this is a great four hours though is the thing this movie before we get into the lines about talk about characters and plots one of the best looking movies i've ever seen straight up oh my god mm-hmm. people were not lying about that yes those <laughs> shots of the sky when he first first gets to the desert oh i need to go watch more david lean movies because i've never seen any before and holy shit
1: yeah, no, we're all going to go watch Bridge on the River Cry next.
0: Yeah. Um, Ryan's <laughs> daughter. Dr. Zhivago.
1: Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's incredible. And, that like, partially that is the thing, like, we talk about everyone, so I was like, they shot everything. You just got to go and shoot the damn thing. The plane's going to buzz over the camps, and the camps are full of actual people, and it's ridiculous and wild, and you'd never do it today. It'd be too expensive and too
1: dangerous, but they fucking shot it. That's all it takes. There's, there's one scene where there's, like, 400 horses.
0: Yeah. In the middle of the <laughs> desert.
1: Like, <Yeah>. Jesus, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when an army's on the march, it's an actual-ass army. Like, you don't get the, like, you know, CG extension army with, like, 10 hero units or whatever that you get today. <laughs> I watch this, and I'm like, oh, Lord of the Rings didn't do any of this shit. Like, they're just doing this, but, like, with computers. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, It's incredible. Also, because it's a movie about, like, white people playing Arabs in the desert, it is, uh, like, naturally the most teal and orange movie as everyone. It's, like, blue skies and blue eyes and d- rocks and sand. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, which is very funny to me, watching this. I'm like, this is beautiful. But also, every movie like fakes looking like this now. And that's the thing we complain about literally every episode. Every time we
1: watch a movie after
0: 2004.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is like... When... When you get to Star Wars, right? and He's doing Tatooine. He's trying to do Lawrence of Arabia, with about five pence of budget. <laughs> yes,
0: we're
3: going
1: to take some people and go to Tunisia. We'll, we'll make it work. But like, he's he trying and to the, do. And, this. and, this and everyone like, almost died, and all the sets were destroyed. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I I could not tell. I didn't look too deep into how bad the sets were for this movie, but I assume they were also almost casualties. I know that Peter O'Toole almost died. That's just because um, of a camel accident. That was a camel accident, but like cool they they, they filmed yes. it it seems like a disaster yeah. they don't make movies like this now for a reason
0: yeah but damn what if they did this movie's it's, it's fucking good is the thing <laughs> And it's weird because, like, the, if you read down the Wikipedia page, there's a lot of, like, stuff about, like, how how inaccurate it is and, like, the, the concerns people historically have had or whatever. And <laughs> the concerns that stuff, are really funny. That stuff is, like, it's important to understand, like, these, like, yes, these are the myths. And even at the time, like, the myth, like, was interpreted, like, is interpreted by many people as, like, this is the this is the thing. Like, people definitely watch this movie and it's like, oh, Lawrence of Arabia, he's a hero. He's, like, the, the romantic vision of what it means to go in and do something at great cost and great sacrifice. But the movie is also still a thing that exists in the ambiguous space of, like, I, the movie goes out of its way to not, uh, to both not, like, agree with his actions, but also, like, understand their utility. Like, I really like the reporter guy who comes up for America, and he's like, I, I need to get people into the war. So I'm going to take photos of this guy. As he's disgusted by him, he's still snapping the photos and sending them back home to make the hero of Lawrence.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Love it. That sounds so good. Uh, it's just really it's it's interesting i really like this movie
1: same same i, I was um very surprised I surprised the wrong way, but very just very very delighted by it because uh, i was like okay i know this movie is about i am expecting a level of uh racism here which is present um but i think the like what it is uh the you know the exploration of its ideas is genuinely pretty good um, mm-hmm. I think its position as one of these. So what well, my actual thought was like, I was watching it and realizing that like, okay, this is a big a colonial epic. And I was thinking about the place of like scale in movies and how this has changed, like what they represent as cultural objects. Cause the movie is critical of a lot of like, it's a really, it's a well-made movie. It's better than fucking Endgame or something. Right? It's better than modern blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, but it is a similar thing in that it is a display of like its very existence is itself a display of colonial power they are able to go to all these places and bring them home to you in in america and they are able to like bring the splendor of these exotic places through this like sheer power of money and put it on the screen and that is itself uh like a version of of this like soft power imperial power yeah um and also in so doing is like a interrogation of the like values of like imperialism in the past it's 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 a it is a critique that is a very safe one because of course it's like a very famous movie in Britain. everyone in Britain yeah. loves this fucking movie and <laughs> those people do not understand uh the actual criticisms being made which isn't to say like there's nothing in value in this movie it is, it is to say that like the position of the movie is def- as like a is massive success uh is important to consider uh and then I'm considering it to modern movies which like you know marvel movies and other movies do this as well uh but they're not about real places right they're not here let's show you the real places Mm -hmm. uh because instead of having white people playing arabs in actual like deserts that we went to it is uh white people playing fake races that uh we have invented to create a metaphor about how the like you know u.s uh s- troops are the only answer for all peace right yes. it's all done through metaphor and the the spectacle is created through the power of globalized ununionized workforces yeah and this is just completely changed like i was just thinking about the dynamics of how this is produced and how it's all, it's not necessarily that the like underlying values have changed but the like uh structure of how we perceive them has changed a lot
0: yeah, like, you know, you go in this movie and you're like, oh, yeah, like, Alec Guinness is here in brownface and, like, that's a problem. But, like, yep. movies have not changed categorically past this, really, in a lot of ways. No. Yes. Um, and also, I like, I was watching this movie and I, our friend Camille uh, was a big fan of this movie. And I was like, I can't believe I have to go on a podcast and say brownface Alec Guinness is one of the greatest roles in all of cinema. But it is. And it's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, him as Faisal is incredible in this movie uh and it's weird because like it's one of those movies that like is a like you know they went to the like they went to locations and were like they thank like what is it like the king of jordan or whatever the bot in this movie like in the credits he's a
2: consultant
0: yeah um but also like you know you get omar sharif but also a bunch of white guys in brown makeup uh (laughs) Uh, and Omar Sharif plays like you know the the one angry like hardliner era who's always like believing in this stuff in a way that Alec Guinness does not he is like a compromised politician who comes in and is like you are just a general I'm a king that means that I'm able to make way harder choices than you and I'm like and I cheer it's just the the, the king claims his rightful sword (laughs) to (laughs) me
1: he does do that yeah and the bit at the end of the movie where they're like oh this guy his usefulness is worn out and like even Faisal is like playing the um, uh, What's the actual name of the like council? Oh, right. I don't remember what they call it. I don't either. Uh, I'm going to look up the name because it's important to see what we're talking about. Uh, no, that's the actual Lawrence of Arabian Man. I want the movie, please. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think the movie says what the It just says the Arab set I up the council. I think it's the Arab council. Yeah, because yeah. the Arab it's like a self-deterministic council. They set up before the bridge can move in. And Lawrence is like... This is your government, and you've got, like, an hour. <laughs> if you don't do it by then, the British will, like, you know, have have taken it and ends up falling apart. Uh, but, like, Pfizer reveals that he's also planning on that, because his, he wants to be, like, a important negotiating piece in the colonial power structure. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit where, like, Lawrence walks out. But then the, like... Um, other british guy who's not alan b but is just like his kind of stooge who's just like there just a guy in the army like also clocks what's happened and he's like fuck (laughs) britain (laughs) and then he walks out through the curtains as well it's very good
0: uh yeah there's a bit Uh, when the reporter first shows up to Faisal and he's like, ah, if you want it, if you want someone to inspire your war, you can go find Lawrence and he'll be the guy who will do that for you. Um, and he's like, ah, he's, he's like a real believer. I've heard he's like super compassionate. He's like, he's compassionate because he believes in it. I'm compassionate because I'm, I find it polite to be. So you will, you can determine for yourself, which is like the better one that is like a man to do. And I'm like, man, this guy's fucking sick. Yes. Oh yeah, here it is. With major Lawrence, mercy is a passion with me. It's merely good manners. (laughs) Oh,
1: good lines
0: yes yeah it's really good um because that's so good because he understands um oh yeah the follow-up is you may judge which motive is more reliable i'm like man this is the fucking guy uh because it's very good about understanding that like what lawrence is doing is like both well-meaning deeply misguided and like harmful to the people he is forming friends with not just like the kids he gets killed which fuck him up but like the way in which ali buys into like he's going to do it he's going to help us he's going to try to be one of us and then he is able to skip out when it's convenient and no one else can do that and he will be very apologetic about it but that only makes you resent him more for it because he knows he's doing the wrong thing and still will do it because he's allowed to because no. he's still a European guy who's going to go and get promoted and move back home.
1: And, like, by the end of the movie, when he's, like, falling apart, his options are, like, run away like a fucking coward. Uh, or come back, but, but he's barely human anymore because he's too, like, the specter of war, of war has taken him. He just, like, becomes the myth entirely, is unable not to do these massacres. And the things they want him to do, like, the men who are loyal to him won't, like, either will do because they
0: are loyal to him, or they won't do, so he has to just get a bunch of mercenaries now. Yes. Uh, That's what happens when you are a tool of a machine of state, and not a human being. Uh,
1: So, like, the the first 90 minutes of the movie, I think, are the most um, uh, typical, I guess, Uh, and definitely the stuff that I assume people would, like bristle at most like even um uh accounting for the this is the pause of the time situation uh, they are about like he comes in uh to this front of the war but the arabs can't find a true front because they keep all these tribes keep killing each other cuz they can't actually bec- you know and he says like you are a, uh, silly people uh, and then he he is able to rise to the top of them because he's the only one who goes back into the desert, right? It's like stuff that is still you know plaguing a lot of cinema uh, about uh, white Last people in, exists, right? Last <laughs> emra exists. Uh, it's not it's not actually about like tribals in this way, but it, it's not not this and also a lot of right, ways. yeah. It's like his <laughs> uniqueness as a white person is able to cut through this, um and so it plays this fairly straight for the first 90 minutes because it needs to get into this position but then it immediately becomes about how the fact that no there is a uniqueness about being a white person that can cut through this but that uniqueness is like due to the power of state a state miles away in another country yes Uh, and is a (laughs) double-edged sword that
0: like has a expiration date
1: yes and then the movie just like eventually just starts abandoning uh all uh subtlety (laughs) Uh, I feel like it gets even like every version of this becomes more operatic as it moves on because he starts and the movie is always grandiose, but it's like small conversations with his guide, and his guide is killed, and then uh, he negotiates with Ali and is like finds his own s- situation there. But then like two hours later, he's coming back to the Suez Canal and a guy's yelling, "Who are you?" <laughs> as it zooms in on his face, and then another hour later, and it's right before the end of the movie, and he's like beneath this magnificent painting as he finally. Decided not to uh, return to England and goes. They will come for me. It's <laughs> like okay, okay, guy. <laughs> it's great. The cinema, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, love all of it. It's great. Uh, it's, it's such a, like an interesting like picture of politics. It's like reflective and critical, but like also n- just you know this is what history was and is also celebratory of it. I feel like. The way in which you respond to Lawrence is like a bit of a cop test in a way that's very funny uh, to me. Um, Because the movie goes out of its way to show that he's miserable because of the actions he's chosen to do because he believed in them. Um, And they were wrong things to believe in for someone in his position, even if he was helping people. Yes. Um, But definitely, like, figure of history that everyone loves. It
2: reminds me of The Searchers.
0: I haven't seen The Searchers.
2: Oh, just the way it sort of interrogates the things that it... It, it's also trying to be about, like, I can't mm-hmm. really verbalize it very well, but it, and, and it didn't surprise me to see that they were influenced by the searchers when they made the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it is, it is uh, you know, obviously not a Western, it's in a different place, but it has a lot of influences, not just based on like desert settings, but more just like, this is a uh, frontier of empire, right? In the way mm-hmm. that the uh, American frontier is also an empirical frontier, just in a different way. It yeah, was, and, uh,
0: and also about the way in which narratives of like individualism uh, form the history of like statecraft, right? Like yeah, yes. you allow this romantic figure to be the vanguard of a both like the a- Arab state national project and then the British Empire national project, and they both wanted the same thing out of him and got it right. Yes. Um,
1: and also we know that none of it, like it, it ends bad like this century goes badly for all parties somehow yes um this is like you know uh, you look at what's happening a uh, a century later uh in these regions and it's still the legacy of, of uh um and not even legacy sometimes just direct american Wines. imperial violence yes um, cuz you know in the next war this happens and then israel happens and then the entire thing fucking changes yeah um and it's just a whole, and there was a whole. There's also a really good article I read after this about how like uh, his campaign is destroying the trains, destroying the railway bridges, yes. and destroying them in such a way to like leave them standing. And this is a thing that is not really in the movie, this specific detail, but he left them standing such that like they would be before they could be re- like repaired and rebuilt, they would have to be taken down piece by piece. Um so that these the maintenance on these would like cause the turkish army too much hassle they don't want to completely blow them up and leave them you know they wanted just enough to keep them stranded and uh starved for resources this is the aim of the campaign uh and there are places in this region that like today don't have any resources because they don't have the railway line anymore uh this is like a thing that was meant to be temporary but then it's not like investment went back in to connecting all these uh rural desert towns um to like the capitals through railways anymore right because the railway is itself funded by colonialism and that's why it exists so like take resources back to the colonial center and this after this was like no longer a tool of expansion right because yeah
0: it just uh, became it, it was oil fields in the world war the other world war happened <laughs>
1: yeah so they, ne- they never rebuilt the railways and so today there are places that are still ruined from this
0: yeah Uh, yeah, it's really good. I, I love when a movie's just classic. You watch it, like, damn, they did it. This is the thing. <laughs> this the acting's is why all it's really good. It's four hours. It's like a breezy four hours. Uh, like it's dep- the last hour is a real fucking bummer, but sure uh, it's still good. <laughs>
1: It's got an intermission two and a half hours in at the perfect time. Uh, So you can just split this over two nights real easy. We split it. We were like, oh, we're like halfway in. There's no intermission
0: yet. That's weird. We're just going to stop. And then next day, 15 minutes in, intermission.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the intermission always comes close to the two thirds mark. This is the rule of theater. You can't put the intermission halfway through. We were tired. Uh, I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying that, like, uh, if you're putting an intermission in a movie, it should be over halfway.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, John Williams is a hack. He's just been doing this soundtrack, uh, trying desperately to reach it his entire career. <laughs> the whole time! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I was... Oh, what
2: were you going to say? No, go, go ahead. I, I In a completely different gear, they were originally going to cast either Monty Cliff or Marlon Brando as Lawrence, yes. which leads me to the question... Is Peter O'Toole smoldering in any way?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like he's like, cuts a very attractive figure in this movie. I don't think I've seen him in much. I'll be honest with you.
2: I haven't either. Okay, we're going to have to just go through the filmography or something. Because I'm trying that's an important project for me. Because just the casting they ended up going with versus the casting that they had in mind. We would have had a completely different movie on our hands as far as that character.
0: Yeah. It's weird because, like, the deeper in he goes, like, the, you know, the his tan gets, but also the, the eyeliner they put on him, it, it, like, it gets excessive. And it's just like, you know, uh, he is the blue-eyed blonde figure of uh, imperial aggression, uh, <laughs> standing aside burning railway tracks, right? Like, that's who he is at, in this movie.
2: Did you read that, like, he or there were, like theater shows like plays put on about him going around and like I think it that's what ruined his friendship with Prince Faisal or is that just in the sequel and not actually what happened in history I have no idea don't ask
0: me I don't
1: actually know (laughs) anything about T Lawrence
0: the only other things I have seen Peter O'Toole in is Troy uh, the 2004 film, and his voice in Ratatouille, obviously, as restaurant critic Anton Ego. <laughs> that's Bam. it. Literally nothing else. I'm scrolling through this. I'm like, nope, I haven't seen one of these fucking things.
1: I'm looking through myself. Uh, he was in the 67 Casino Royale. For yeah, ba- yeah, but un- he's like uncredited, uncredited, but not, so I'm not counting I'm hell. assuming I that, that yeah. yeah um no yeah no 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 no. yeah yeah you're right damn i really want
0: to see Lion in winter but i haven't seen it
1: (laughs) i think that's the only one i have seen
0: yeah there you go nothing There's no embarrassing video game credits from the mid-aughts where they would have got a guy like him to do some video game. Oh, like a,
1: a near-retired famous actor <laughs> yes, from the past? Absolutely. He is the perfect kind of guy for yes, that. Yes.
2: Oh, he's in What's New Pussycat, which is a Woody Allen-penned uh, I have seen Peter, Peller- Peter Sellers have seen that. movie.
0: That's the re-dub yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad movie. I know you're thinking of What's Up, Tiger Lily. Oh, I'm thinking of What's Up, Tiger Lily. You're right. I am
1: yeah that's fucking i watched that when i was like you know pre-ideology i'll watch all the woody allen movies holy shit that's fucking terrible it's a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me just watch woody allen's terrible youtube videos oh awful
0: yeah uh yeah there's a lot of weird like interesting stuff in this like went through a lot of cast like the wikipedia page is very extensive as you would hope for a big famous movie like
1: this it's good Um, There's this ridiculous anecdote on it That's about like Alec Guinness was so good That like people thought he was The real Prince Faisal and I'm like I don't know if I believe (laughs) that one Alec (laughs) I mean people
0: definitely would Probably tell him that right
1: Yes and then Alec Guinness would definitely Believe it
0: Yes But he is really good as Faisal that's the thing I'm like man fuck Star Wars (laughs) Ah yeah. Because that's the only thing I... Like, I think of Alec Guinness from Star Wars. I don't know if I've seen much of anything else he's been in, I'll be honest with you. This, like, mid-century, like, British cinema is, like, a huge fucking void for me.
1: I saw him in uh, Cromwell, which was a very, very funny movie, which is also trying to be, like, this historical epic, three hours long uh, situation. And... But it was about, like, the intellectual battle of war between king Charles the first noble king and oliver cromwell noble uh, parliamentarian n- n- neither of them are noble they're both monsters and king charles I is a moron and uh, oliver cromwell's just a genocidal freak and it's <laughs> <laughs> like noble story of british statecraft it's a very stupid movie he plays, <laughs> like, have he, plays for. he plays george smiley in the 70s tinker taylor soldier spy that's terrible miscasting. I should watch that. <laughs> you should watch that and report back. I have to get to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy on my read first I'm not quite there yet. But like, two years George after Sm- Star Wars, they put him in a BBC thing of Tinker
0: Tailor Soldier Spy.
1: George Smiley's meant to be so much more like
0: unassuming and a like a salary oh, man. And then, and then he played Smiley again in Smiley's People from 82. So he was just doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are the two big ones because I know Smiley's People is a sequel to uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, Curious, I, I need to get back on with my uh, John Wick read. Yeah, John Wick John Wick One of the greatest Irish writers.
0: <laughs> is that the best legacy of uh Ooh, it's breaking news? So good. It definitely is.
1: First of all, John Wick incredible. Second of all, uh, John Wick is now Irish post <laughs> posthumously, fuck you all, <laughs> two middle fingers up, king, I mean, you know not present company of a static um
0: do we have anything else about this uh
1: do, do we have a few more just like i guess we could go to the questions was like you know yeah. p- performances <laughs> I, I it's really
0: i was super impressed with his character like i understand it is problematic uh, as one would expect but man it's fucking good
2: what were everyone's favorite scenes
0: uh, the plane buzzing over the camp was super impressive to me. That's why I was like, man, this fucking movie, huh?
2: I really liked the scene where he's gone back to Cairo with Farage and they're walking through and they're covered in sand and they're exhausted, and he just goes up to the bar
0: and asks for lemonade. The uh the way in which all the British soldiers like are eavesdropping the entire conversation, then after he it turns out he's not in trouble, they all like cheer and clap him on the back is so funny.
1: That is 100% accurate to, like, my time in school. Cause... Yes. I was like, this yeah. is the most British shit in the world. <laughs> like, that's not just the British sort of thing. That's just fucking British people. That's, yes. This is the culture. This is the whole culture right here. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, that stuff's very good. All right, I'm going to get to the questions then. Let's do it. Uh, Tron writes in uh, about favorite characters. We've answered that. Unless, Destiny, did you answer who your favorite character was?
2: Oh, my favorite character, probably, goodness, I
0: think it's just Lawrence. Okay. You're allowed. (laughs) Uh, Oh, the funny thing, I really like uh, the the Chicago newspaper guy, uh, Jackson Bentley or whatever. They originally were going to cast Kirk Douglas in this role, which would have capsized the entire movie. Too big of a star. (laughs) yeah and he, and like, he was asked... like he was like i want highest billing in the movie like well no because you're in the movie <laughs> for like 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> um we need to watch paths of glory sometime because that's a movie that like has definitely probably more problems than this one but i remember really liking it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh favorite shot and
1: scene uh checks did you answer uh favorite shot and scene no i don't think i did um I think all my favorite shots are just like the very like the first shots of the desert when he's coming in, yeah. Um I, Which is a bit of a cliche answer because I like you know the famous match cut and everything, literal match cuts. Ha ha. Ha um, ha. <laughs> I did that was well, I said it the first time I didn't realize until I heard it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, and just like the total uh. Or inspiring nature of the like physicality of the desert. It's really incredible. There's
0: really good day-for-night shots in this movie um, that work really well because they're in the desert.
1: Um, yes.
0: And also, I really like the montage where he's like riding back for that guy who fell off his camel, and it like cuts between the sun and that guy walking and everyone at camp waiting for them. It's really good.
2: Yeah, I love that. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I love that whole... I think that might be one of my favorite scenes of... Um, because the the three the three part arc when he goes back and gets that guy, uh, then when he has to execute him and he's like throws the gun away because he's horrified of the violence or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then like the, the 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 punch later where he's like, no, the reason I threw the gun away was because I like enjoyed the power of being this like arbiter, uh, uh, not the, because I was terrified of death.
0: One of my favorite touches is when they're in the uh, Arab Council. He uses the gun as a hammer to call order. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> No time
0: for subtlety. <laughs> <Disney is shut laughs> for oh God, we even talked about the ridiculous scene where it's like a close-up on Lawrence, where he like crosses the desert or whatever, and finally gets to the river that's going to take him to Cairo, and the guy yells, "Who are you?" Because it's not a point, river. Who is he?
1: <laughs> I I got it. It's not a river. Was it? Was it not? <laughs> The Suez Canal, famously not oh, right. a yes. river. Yes, fair enough. Not, <laughs> not
0: a river. <laughs> but um, subtleties for cowards, no time for it in this movie. There's four hours. We got shit to do. We're busy. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? you? I'd say it is rumored that that is David Lean's voice. <laughs> oh, incredible, if true. Um, have any of you been to a desert? i've been I've been to areas like Tucson area, Arizona, which is a very different kind of desert than this. Um, yes, but it was incredibly the hottest weather I've ever experienced in my life. um, but it does have the thing where one, it's really dry heat. and two,, uh, if you drive up the mountain nearby, you get into like, it's fifties and wet, and there was like dry, like snow melting at a certain point, and it was incredible. uh You don't get that here. It just sucks. It's just dry and sucks all the time.
1: Yeah, and it's not like you know because the desert in America is all dried out, right? And mm-hmm. here it's just like, too much sand for that. Yeah. Um.
0: The yeah, the 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 relationship people have with like it's early on when you first meet Faisal. He talks about like you know. You know, we live in the desert because that's what happened to our country. Like, desert vacation came here. But, like, you know, we lived in cities. We, we irrigated this place thousand years ago. Shut the
1: hell up. It's not like an adventurous spot. Right, because he's like, oh, there's such an ability to desert. He's like, I wish I was inside where it was cool. And there were yeah. trees. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Uh, what do you th- all think of epic films as a genre? Would you enjoy to see new epics being made today? Yes, please, but also I don't want Hollywood to make them in the way they make movies now so I think I think I'd rather have the the way in which movies were filmed more than
1: I'd want the epic back where, what agree. is the last epic in this sense like where where do we draw the line between something to changing from Epics to I guess. I like mean, there was the revival with
0: like, you know, Troy and Kingdom of Heaven, and like people were doing these in the aughts because post mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, everyone's like, we can go back to making these. So Gladiator exists. Like they're all CG heavy movies, but
1: they were going for this. <laughs> they were going for this, but are they epics or are they like swords and sandals blockbusters? Like, I d- I don't know what is the... there a difference? <laughs> That's my question. I don't know if there's a fundamental yeah. difference, and is it just like how much CG is there? Is right? the like... aviator
0: an epic? Yes, probably. Yes. Aviator is fucking so. good.
1: Jackson, put Never. that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> fine
0: <laughs> you're in charge of the list <laughs> um but um yeah I I mean the problem is like conditions of films are such that you're never going to shoot these the way this movie was shot so they won't feel the same um and on some level that's like there's probably good things like I'm sure that the labor work of this movie is like not ideal if you looked into it but also you know Dunkirk's made with prison labor so it's not like it was. it's better now it's just different bad <laughs>
1: right I mean that's what i meant by earlier but like yeah you know, the this the switch from like okay the labor is bringing people and props to hazardous places to uh you know the entire this entire shadow industry of ununionized labor across the world competing against each other for scraps yeah uh, these are you know the, the only one is a cultural evil um, yeah in a way that is just impossible to uh ex- escape mm-hmm. yeah um
0: I bet you could just find this in like smaller like you could get the the sense of an epic without it being a movie that is like thousands of people and like takes forever and kills people. Like there are small epics. They exist. What's a small epic? Magnolia. Do yeah, like do you mean interior? Yeah, epic? I mean I like, mean like an epic of like small like you know, so Paul cast, Thomas small Anderson. Scope. Yeah, Magnolia is Magnolia's one, I think Moonlight's like a small epic. It, it like takes place over like such vast stretches of like time and mental space. But it's about mm-hmm. like three people growing up, right? Like you can make a movie that evokes the epic without being the epic to me. But like is right. Goodfellas yeah. an epic? Yeah, but in ways in I don't care ca- about. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like yeah. this
1: opens the door, so I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Sure. I think it be, I think it be of the genre that I want more of, but also be a thing I don't like. That's, that's (laughs) fine. It happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, thank you for the questions. Rick wrote in, I saw this, uh, I waited for seeing it for for a while because I know Toronto also often gets 70 millimeter prints. Uh, Rick is, uh, one of my friends who likes going to see these old movies and big showings and I get it. Uh, uh, but got to see the movie in that format with the full intermission overture, uh, breathtaking on the big screen i agree movies should either be 90 minutes or be long enough to have a full intermission
1: <laughs> uh, and also they should if they're that long they should begin with an overture on a yes. black screen before yes. even the uh like company cards roll out
0: you know. yes uh rick's question uh this movie is also part of a trend i love tracking it uh in a film showing up in a modern movie and making you think why aren't i just watching that instead because lauren shows up near the start of Prometheus. do you have a favorite one of those where the okay to middling modern movie shows you a scene from an older movie and makes you wonder what you are doing with your time this is this is like the benefit of tarantino i feel like back in the day is like i've watched so many movies because of quentin tarantino and i like a lot of his early work i'm not here to like shit on it but it, he literally was like hey these are all the movies you should watch because you like this nope. thing go watch that that, that stuff and i'm like oh, sh- yes yes i will go do that yeah <laughs> i'm like I... you know he's not all that but i think that's like a good being able to point to the work that you're inspired by and be like go watch ads better than me and being right about that is like a self-awareness that otherwise tarantino does not possess <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and All Good Bookstores. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> which is not,
0: like, outright citing the movies, but, you know, close enough for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched... I, I've definitely watched, like... I got into watching Spaghetti Westerns because of the soundtrack drops in Kill Bill, which
1: is almost the same thing, so... Um, there's a... I'm thinking of a good example of this. It's not a movie I've seen, uh, so I can't tell you if it's a good movie, but the, um... Uh, the bit in fucking Logan where they start playing Shane and then later on they just like start doing Shane, <laughs> literally like it's fucking played against Sam or some shit, uh, is very funny. Yes. <laughs> God, like, that's you a played good the one. Movie and they did it, and it was like, hang on, I thought this was the thing you do in comedies, not in like. <laughs> It's deeply serious Two hour superhero movies Uh, I haven't seen Shane, but uh, The way it's deployed is still very funny Even without seeing the original Uh, Do you have one, Destiny? I
2: want to say there's a movie that does it With Touch of Evil
0: There is a movie that does it with Touch of Evil Yeah
2: We've all seen it, because I know this as well Apparently the movie's forgettable AF But man, Touch of
1: Evil
0: (laughs) I'm scrolling down To see
1: is there an impact on t- Touch of Evil? Unless we
2: all just collectively imagine. No, no, it. no, it's
0: definitely somewhere, but I don't know how I'm gonna <laughs> find this because it's oh. not on the Wikipedia page, so.
1: Touch of Evil in other. Yeah, I can't I can't get it. Reference oh. in
0: a movie.
1: Um Or was it Touch of Evil Connections. Is that what you are as well? Um, Edited into American Cinema Film Noir 1995 TV episode.
0: No. No. Yeah. This, we may have made this up. No, because I, I saw the clip of the end of Touch of Evil before I'd seen Touch of Evil. Yes. Um.
1: Unless I'm thinking of something else by Orson Welles. Referenced in Batman 1989, referenced (laughs) in Basic Instinct, referenced in Bottle Rocket. These are just scenes with long shots. Yeah, yeah, that's not it. That's not it. (laughs)
0: They they watch it in Get Shorty. They go to the movies and watch it. I've seen Get Shorty. That could definitely be it for me. Oh, that's weird because I've never seen Get Shorty. (laughs) It's an incredible bit we've trapped ourselves in. um, The main character watches Touch of Evil in Bruges. Oh, featured. In oh, featured. maybe it might be in Bruges. You're right. I in think
2: I saw in Bruges before I saw Touch of Evil. Embarrassingly, I definitely,
0: I definitely saw in Bruges before I saw. I bet, I bet it is both of those things. I bet in Bruges is the one I'm actually thinking of.
2: The also, uh, going back to Orson Welles, I'm pretty sure he somebody else does it with the lady from Shanghai, and
0: I. Uh, Saw that. Thank you, IMDb, for being useful in the year of our Lord.
1: In this one, in this one situation, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll also, curse you
0: for making me scroll through every movie with a long shot.
1: <laughs> in the, edit into okay. References, reference in every movie ever with a long shot. Boogie Nights does not do it. God damn it, that does not count.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Anora writes in: If you could swap this movie's runtime with another movie's runtime, what would you pick?
1: I mean this movie has a perfect runtime, so
0: Yeah, I'm just I I I'm going to take this more as what movie do you think should be four hours, but isn't. Which
1: movie should be four hours long? Okay, there we go. Uh, oh, I have no
2: idea.
0: Um The Fountain. I love that movie. I love that movie also. <laughs> That's my pick. That's a good answer. How long
2: um, is Boogie Nights?
1: So it's Like three hours. It's I know we all movie. just want to be like watching Boogie Nights at all times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not even just like as a, as, a, as a state. <laughs> Always be watching Boogie Nights.
0: <laughs> um. Do you have an answer, Jackson? Or are you going to punt?
1: Uh, I mean, there's loads of movies like I could do this. Sure, Michael Clayton. Four hours of Michael Clayton. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah nothing happens. It'll be great. It'll be
0: fucking great. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite wizard in a movie? <laughs>
1: it's your favorite wizard? This is the most in the movie world. wizard? I don't know any movie wizards.
0: I Is it cheating if I just say Gandalf since he's the most wizard ass wizard in the entire world? <laughs> Specifically Gandalf the Grey in Lord of the Rings, not the Hobbit.
1: Oh, you mean not when he's like going to uh going through the uh you know, Sauron's Dark Souls dungeon and getting epic loot. To I kind F4 of shadow? love that,
0: but I don't mean that. No, I mean him being enigmatic but like charming and not getting off the white where he's like enigmatic and like arch. Uh-
1: you mean a wizard is never late.
0: Yes. I he mean, fucking Ian McKellen. Gandalf the Grey. Maybe you've heard of him. All right, keep your secrets.
3: <laughs> right, keep your secrets.
0: <laughs> That's probably it. That's for me. I can't I can't think of anything else. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have any good answers, because I don't think of, like, wizard. I'm not a big fantasy person. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I um, feel
2: like I'm overlooking.
0: Is Jafar a wizard? <laughs> yes we'll count him as a wizard he's an evil vizier but he is also a wizard what about the goblin king from the labyrinth that is a wizard i mean he's a magical creature but we're gonna count him as a wizard for this we're getting so close to is for you a wizard we're right right there because my other answer is orson welles and f for fake so (laughs) (laughs) he is literally a wizard in that movie yes and also in real life for 20 years (coughs) Oh, we're. This is like beside the point. Me and Destiny are watching Voyager, and Janeway hangs out with uh, Leonardo da Vinci in that show in the holodeck, just with no downtime is something to do. Um, and Destiny was like, "I don't know if I would want to, to hang out with like dead famous people." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I'd eat lunch with Orson Welles every day, every day." <laughs>
1: Awesome Wells would be like Moriarty esque in terms of his like awareness of being. I,
0: I would definitely be the person who programs in, the, like, he knows he's, he's a hologram in a spaceship and he's just pontificating on it. Because you can do that. Vic Fontaine knows. You can just choose. There's like a toggle.
1: Do they know they're a hologram or not? <laughs> you can't just do that. I mean, they haven't even think because they left him on so long. But it's not like you're going to turn Awesome Wells off at any point. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> that every point. day. He's Orson Wells. <laughs> what? That's right. If you had DS9, why would you have a random guy, Vic Fontaine, be your uh, <laughs> person who becomes sentient and not uh cinema legend Orson Welles? <laughs> it's
0: the only famous person I think I'd ever want to meet, is the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> um what movie on your to-do list uh, has been on your to-do list for the longest you can remember mine is probably gattaca i even used to own the dvd and never even opened the box that is the quintessential i was buying dvds in the odds oh, energy to me i had so many movies i had the doors
1: i think it was shrink wrapped, but i got rid of it <laughs> <The> <laughs> no, this, doors. I, I, first of all lol <laughs> of all, i don't think this is any movies for me because i was buying them all secondhand mm. Uh, I would just go to Walmart at I... 3 in the morning
0: after I was out of the midnight movie and just buy whatever was under $10. It didn't matter. I, and I watched half of them.
1: Right, because you had a job and it was the mid-2000s. Nothing yes. mattered. I had a job, but
0: I didn't have, like, rent, right? Like, I was making money, but I didn't have a ton to spend it on. Oh, well, I also spent
2: all my money on DVDs. Uh, my movie is boring.
0: It's The Godfather. We were talking about this yesterday.
1: I guess it's also the Godfather for me because my dad's been trying to make me watch that since I was like ten. <laughs> up, maybe we'll, we'll do the, the Godfather.
0: Godfather for this podcast. Not not right away, but someday. Should
1: do it for Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, it insists upon itself. Dusty, yeah, okay. I said that earlier today or yesterday. Destiny was like, "Is that true?" And I'm like, eh, "I don't like the Godfather, but I don't know. It's hard to say." <laughs> yeah. Um. Mine was, th- was this movie, actually. Like, I picked it because of that Letterbox meme going around about, like, top-rated movies that you hadn't seen. Um, I think Mulholland Drive is probably the one right after this that I'm like, damn, that I should watch that someday.
2: You certainly should.
0: Yeah. You own it on Blu-ray, right? Like, I could just do that.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I believe you got it
0: for me. Yeah, probably. Sounds like a thing I'd do. <laughs>
1: um, Jackson? Um, oh I, I was also, also the godfather, but like oh, okay. that's up is up's a boring answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a boring it answer loads.
2: and I apologize. I have a lot, but Yeah, we all have a that's, lot, but that's the one I feel the weirdest about because I feel like I would have I should have just gotten to it ages ago.
0: I mean, one's a big one, but I don't really want to watch it. I'm like, I don't wanna
1: I mean I, I watched um Michael Clayton for the first time like six months ago, and that one was like every single person has said Jackson watches movie forever. Um, Man, uh, do you sure. do you ever get a thing where you're like, uh, you want to watch a movie, but like, by the time you might get around to so it, you're like, the moment's past.
0: All the time, I just try to That's do that. anyway. That's how I feel about yeah. The Godfather. <laughs> like I probably won't. Likely, like I'm it. like, I'm like, whatever. I'll probably still like it, and if I don't, well, then you know, it's my own fault for waiting. It's not like I'm gonna come back around to it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have another one that I don't feel necessarily like any feelings towards. I'll get to it eventually. Uh, the Maltese Falcon.
0: Oh, that's a that's a decent movie.
1: Oh, actually, I don't, not, yeah, I don't that's love good. it, but good. it's good. That's a good time. Somebody like I'm, I'm I like
0: Casablanca. Like I'm just not super, super into Bogart, but like I like Casablanca a lot. <laughs> Maltese Falcon, I think, is a lesser film.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Anyway, uh, autumn rates in. Uh, watching the Snyder Cut really reinforced for me that more movies need intermissions. Do you think we'll see more movies with act breaks and intermissions now that streaming is becoming the dominant mode of distribution? Uh, doubt on that one, with uh, everyone going back to the fucking theaters. Um, feels like Kevin Feige saying there won't be time for a P-Break in Endgame gets more and more old-fashioned by the second.
1: I, there was I, definitely I... time for a P-Break in Endgame. I don't know what he's talking about. You could probably <laughs> miss half of that movie. It's fine. Um... I don't know. yeah
0: i mean when the fighting starts you can go piss like there's nothing go- <laughs> there. yeah that
1: entire scene where jeremy renner and um uh scott johansson are fighting as to who's gonna die stupid take a piss
0: stupid,
1: stupid. i drank too much wine
0: <laughs> um if you could make an absolutely ridiculous unnecessary sequel to a film decades later a la a dangerous man lawrence after arabia what would you do so uh it, a dangerous man lawrence after arabia came out in 1990 after the re like the re-release of the stored version of this movie uh cuz it was famously cut down after its original showings because it's 4 hours long uh, and they they rebuilt it up and it's mostly the way it was originally i think there's some stuff that's still not in the movie or whatever uh as i was looking over it but not a ton um and then they made a sequel Uh, that's about, uh, Lawrence and Faisal, like after the events of this movie, because he didn't immediately go back to like Europe or like, you know, he's still around or whatever. And it's, uh, Jeremy Irons as Lawrence and Alexander Siddig as Faisal, uh, who's Bashir in DS9 a couple years after this, because Faisal was a young man during the events of this movie. Unlike Alec Guinness, who was an older man in this, um, have to watch it, obviously, (laughs) Because that's I- that is just a bait for me to enjoy, I think.
1: <laughs> First of all, I agree. I'm I think you got it wrong though. Uh because I'm fairly sure you said uh it was Jeremy Irons. It's Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. sorry,
0: that's me messing up. Yes. <laughs>
1: Jeremy Irons would be also hilarious casting yes, that I would enjoy. Yes, adore. yes but, Ralph uh...
0: Fiennes. sorry. I was not looking at it. I was going on the top of my head and m- missed that one. So yes. Ralph finds I'm less interested. It'd be funnier if it was Jeremy Irons. (laughs) It
2: would be Um, funnier if it was Jeremy Irons. The one that I would pick already exists, and I just found out about it like two weeks ago, and I have to see if it's still on the streaming service that was advertising it. But in 1988, (laughs) director Augusto Caminito uh, got with Klaus Kinski and just made a fucking sequel to the werner herzog version of nosferatu called
1: excuse vampire me? in venice excuse me It <laughs> <laughs> just, just like waking up one day and being like they don't have really any for that it's just fucking dracula you can do i can i can do that right i can do that
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so that happened i i need to track that down because what the fuck
0: Um, unnecessary sequel to a movie. Um Gosh, I think. Is it like I feel like it's cheating, but I'd like a sequel to Stalker.
1: God damn it! You stole (laughs) my
0: pick
1: Stalker two. You know, she she's grown up a bit, and we get wisecracking uh, Stalker's daughter. It is pretty of obvious in
3: retrospect.
2: <laughs> but yes. It's kind of weird they never did it with like the fifth element.
0: The sixth element. The s- sixth <laughs> element is hate. <laughs> her darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would eat up the sixth element. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but you have to get back Emilijovich and Bruce Willis and it has to be done now. They have to
2: both be old <laughs> yes. as fuck. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, God, I, that'd be so good. You need to get a new director. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is Luke Vassan even doing these days? I don't know. Uh,
1: Being tried for rape? I don't know. Oh, like, God, right. Okay, Holy great. shit. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, I don't know the details, but yes, he is turbo-canceled in my brain. That's yeah, why I've not enough. like watched uh, Leon the Professional. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, there are answers I would like to give to this. But they already have sequels, so like, but I want to live in the world where they don't. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, fair enough.
0: What uh, if there was? Because were... like, my, my I almost said two thousand one, but I'm like, wait, there is a sequel, and people like it, so <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, well regarded. I mean, they
1: did, yeah, they did that. But what if, what if there was like no sequel? Like, aliens didn't exist, but then in like two thousand and four, someone made a second Alien.
0: Yeah.
1: Sick. <laughs>
0: alien two
1: alien 2 exactly
0: yeah absolutely that would be amazing
1: <laughs> the sequel to amadeus <laughs>
0: <laughs> god a lot of those you could do this forever it'd be good yeah yep um let's see we've got an email from david uh who watched this at a at uh grandpa said this is the greatest film ever made you kids should watch that one summer when i was in fourth or fifth grade my sister got bored but i found myself wrapped with attention even watching it on old television um in the early 80s it made me appreciate cinema uh because i was like wow movies i get that do you remember what the first film made you start thinking about movies going wow cinema uh because i definitely remember the movie that did this for me and it was christopher nolan's memento Which is kind of embarrassing at this point, but I don't care. I will just admit
2: (laughs) it. Yeah, mine is Pulp Fiction, so don't even feel... Like, it started everything for me, so... Yeah, but you are also way younger than when I saw Memento.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was... Yeah, I was 14, 15. I don't think I really had this in as, like, one-to-one direct away, because... um like by the time i got into films i was already like writing scripts because i liked tv shows or whatever mm-hmm. uh and i was already doing like video game stuff and just doing criticism stuff on the internet um there's a bit more of an amalgama- amalgamation for me i don't have a good like i watch movies now damn I'm into movies uh but if i was going to pick uh i would probably say rushmore because i remember watching that in my bed and being like damn mm, i really love good, that movie the thing. I- yeah that movie's very, 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 very different when you watch it at 17 compared to when you watch yes, it. Yes, yes, but it's <laughs> yes, time after 17. Thing. 100% true, yeah.
0: And maybe the movie Pleasantville? <laughs> uh, incredible. Um, And then we have one more email from Marin. Uh Let's see. I watched this as a double feature originally with 2001 a space odyssey about four years ago at the closing of a really beautiful old small theater in my city. Uh, Pour one out for all the small theaters. Um, Which movies do you have a special fondness for because of where and when you first watched them? So we had an old single screen art house from like the fifties that uh, has been closed and renovated and reopened now, but it's part of like the, uh, the like, you know, non-profit really nice like ritzy rich people art house so I haven't been to it since the memory of renovated I have been. I had kind of like a chip on my shoulder about it because I liked it when it was old and run down and I had a seat that had tape on it that I always sat on and I saw so many movies there and every movie I've seen there is like a movie I have intense fondness for do I remember what it was I saw the conformist there like when I was 22 do I remember what the conformist was about not a fucking clue uh but it was incredible (laughs) cinema
1: nice um any Um. any
0: also any um any movie that I saw, like, silent film with, like, live orchestra, which is about, like, six movies at this point, very fond of those. Like, uh, original fan for the Opera and uh, Metropolis, stuff like that. Sherlock Ice.
1: Jr. Damn. Damn! <laughs> I saw when... uh, Galaxy oh, Quest in the theater first. Uh, so that, <laughs> Aww. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good.
0: Um, yeah, I saw Wrath of Khan at that rundown theater before it closed. That was a great experience. Seen it like seven times before, but man, sitting on the big screen. Holy shit.
2: Ugh, I had an answer.
0: Oh, okay. So when I was
2: in seventh grade, somehow the IFC channel had like a free summer weekend that lasted like maybe an entire month. And I watched so many movies. Uh, a lot of like bad nineties indie gay movies that left such an impression on me that i cannot i don't even like think they were necessarily even that good of movies, but they just really opened my mind at the time, so I have a fondness for them,
0: yeah, that's fair, <clears throat> God, I think of um in in college we would go to the like dorm. Like, they had, like, DVD rentals, and that's where I saw a bunch of movies. And, like, there was a blockbuster nearby that we'd walk down to and grab a bunch of shit. And, uh, like, an indie college one where you had to put a deposit to rent Ichi the Killer because it was out of print. And we put down the $50 to watch Ichi the Killer. Uh, and then I was like, I didn't really like this movie, but uh, what an experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything I just grabbed at a blockbuster
2: because I was like, this is what cinema is. <laughs> yeah. <Odd. laughs>
1: we watched battle royale at my high school girlfriend's birthday party after her stepdad had already kind of gone off and we all had to like hide upstairs because it was a bad vibe bad atmosphere and we was like four of us a few no six of us like kind of just kind of crowded uh around her bed on in her bedroom watching battle royale on a laptop uh best experience watching movie in my life (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh amazing yeah, I think that's it. Again, if you have emails, send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, they can be about anything. Uh, they don't have to just be about the movie we're covering. But next week, we, two weeks, whatever, you know, we are covering an American in Paris, like something, some lighter fare after this one. Um that'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, until then, it's plug time, Destiny.
2: At Fridge Buzz Now and most of the you know different social media sites out there and my other podcast badland girls is on abnormalmapping.com slash
1: badland girls jackson uh you can find me at off at twitter.com you can find the podcast that me and m do at abnormalmapping abnormalmapping.com uh, they're cool podcasts listen to them
0: you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being I have a new podcast. It's not on the abnormal mapping network. You can find that at export slash Batman, where every week me and autumn talk about an episode of Batman, the animated series and other stuff. Uh, we're covering Batman 89 very soon. Um, and it's good. Uh, it, it, we're kind of still, finding a day but it should be coming out on mondays going forward so look forward to that you get it a week early if you subscribe to uh, expert audio patreon and you should they do a lot of good podcasts and it's like a dollar um uh so yeah check that out um also we're going to have on our beach house feed if you go to your uncle's beach house you can find on normalmapping.com we're going to be covering gamera 3 in like two weeks um, we've covered Gamera 1 and Gamera 2 and I'm excited to watch that. We're going to have our friend Casey on. It's going to be a good time. He also watched Gamera 2 with us and that'll be great. Uh, so check that out. As always, you can support us at patreon.com slash mapping. for $5 a month. You get blockbusters. We recently watched Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. That's a good episode. Kind of about one-liners and where action cinema was and was going in the turn of the millennium um and next time we are watching true lies which will also be good Uh, the third best james cameron movie starring arnold schwarzenegger as i advertised it when we announced it (laughs) fair enough yeah um it's still a really good movie that's the thing uh that's it thanks everybody movies now more than ever
1: do not expect to like it